Welcome to I'm Game with Fred Croner. Today I'm joined by Mohammed Seymour football coach John Atkins, who is the coach of a team that is 11-0 right now, heading into the Class 5A quarterfinals on Saturday uh, over at Morton. Uh, first of all, John, congratulations on an outstanding season thus far. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, kids are playing well, and it's been a fun, exciting ride so far. So you told me back in the preseason that, that you thought this was going to be a special group. Take me through... A lot of times teams have potential, but then at the end of the year, you look back and it's kind of unfulfilled potential. So what, what has it taken for this group to have that potential and then just go out game after game and through 11 games now and, and you know, meet expectations? Yeah, and I, and I think that's exactly right. They continue to show up to work, to, you know, each and every day, each and every week to to meet those expectations. You know, we've just kind of slowly but surely kept raising the bar on these kids uh, throughout the entire season, and, and they continue to meet those expectations, um, you know, whether it was, you know, winning the conference or then making the playoffs and then going undefeated and now, you know, getting this far into the playoffs. Like we every every single week we come back with a theme of the week um, to, to try to motivate and, 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 you know, keep challenging our kids. And like I said, they just keep rising to that uh, challenge and, and that occasion every week. What is your theme of the week this week as you prepare for Morton? You know, it's, it's funny you ask. Uh, this week, our, our theme of the week was man in the mirror. Um, and we talked about, you know, just how, how we're going to face adversity. You know, we're on the road for the first time um, in, in, in over four weeks now. We're going to Morton, uh, where the head of the IHSA lives, and his son is a senior on a senior-loaded team. Like, we got, we got all the, the cards and, and the deck kind of stacked against us as far as adversity is concerned. And so we talked to the kids about, you know, at the end of the game, when you can look yourself in the mirror, what's that mirror going to say to you? You know, there's there's going to be a lot of ups and downs and and how we battle through this together as a team or you specifically as an individual being able to revert back just on those little small things, those little teachings, so to speak, that have gotten you to this point. What's that mirror going to say to you at, at 330 uh, on, on Saturday evening? So, again, we, and we kind of took that and ran with it, had the kids do a little pro, um, activity, so to speak, uh, with that theme as well. Um, and it, and it definitely got the kids motivated and, and we're looking to continue that throughout this you know, entire week of practice. So I want to take you back three years ago. Uh, three years ago, you told me that you had an outstanding freshman class. And so I asked you, I said, well, how many of those kids you or maybe putting on the varsity roster? And you said none. You said, I want to keep all those kids together this year. So talk about that decision to keep those together. And now those kids are juniors and a lot of them are are really uh, integral parts of the team. So talk about what you saw then and why you felt it was best to keep them together. Yeah, and, and that's just kind of a philosophy thing, right? You know, we, we, we did it again this year. Um, we tried to do it uh, two years ago, or I guess last spring, you know, with the COVID season, we tried to do it as best as we could, um, but it was difficult in certain cases. Um, numbers, you know, and, and then again, just ha had some had some COVID type issues. So we couldn't do it as well in the spring. Um, yeah, we certainly did it again. Same thing again this fall. And, and again, it's just it's a it's a belief that I have of, of not only keeping those kids together as a class, but then, you know, letting them kind of have success together um, and, and getting kids playing time in different uh, positions, so to speak, and continue just to build them. 
Um, it's, it's really tough to play varsity football, no matter what level you are, let alone, you know, potentially a, an underclassman, in this case, a, a freshman. So, so the opportunity to keep those guys down at that level, you know, playing other, against other freshmen, and like I said, hopefully having some success, I truly think, um, you know, does dividends in, in the long run as far as building a program and sustaining those numbers and keeping them up there and, and getting those kids better. When you talk about building a program and, and look what's happened this year, your, your varsity, your JV and your freshmen all won Apollo conference championships. So, I mean, that uh, it, it shows it's not just a team that, that's good. Now it looks like a team that can be strong into the future. Yeah. And, and again, hats off to our kids and our coaching staff, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely a, a, a program effort, so to speak. You know, we got, a, we got an awesome um, motto that, that we kind of live by on a daily basis. And, and that's, our, that's our motto, family strong. And, and we truly believe that from top down to bottom. And so everybody plays a huge part in, into not only, like you said, the varsity's continued success, but then even the success at, at those other two, you know, two levels as well. Um, you know, our, our, our coaching staff has assignments. They, they, they show up to work just as hard, if not harder than the players do. And then when you can get player buy-in and, and our players to be as, as good a kids and, and as hard as workers as they are, um, like you said, you know, we're, we're kind of we're seeing that success. That's what I wanted to talk about next, actually. You, you talked uh, a number of times throughout the year about the game plan your, your coaches have put together. Kind of lead me through that. How, how does that work? What coach is responsible for what? And then how does it all kind of come together into one master game plan? Yeah, so, you know, as a, as a varsity staff, we meet on Sundays, um, and I just bring in the coordinators um, to, to the actual meeting part, um, but then even the assistants, I, I still have um, jobs or tasks or duties for them to do as well. We have a shared Google Sheet um, that we all kind of do different things and, and put our own kind of input and feedback on there. Um, you know, whether it's thoughts from the previous game, whether it's the scouting on certain players for the upcoming game. Um, again, every every assistant kind of has their assignment or, or their role, so to speak. Um, but then on the Sunday, you know, typically about one or two o'clock, bring in the coordinators and we kind of kind of talk throughout the entire aspect of everything, break everything down from, you know, what needs fixed and changes, you know, from the previous game to looking ahead to this, this upcoming game, what does that look like? Um, you know, and, and then we all just kind of get to work, so to speak, and, and we're breaking down film and we're running reports, you know, what are they like on third and 10, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, what do we like our personnel matchups versus theirs? Um, you know, we just continue to break that stuff down. And then, like you said, then kind of put it all together um, and, and take maybe those those pencil and paper notes and, and kind of put them onto onto a spreadsheet or, or that Google Doc, so to speak, that we can kind of finalize um, everything. And then once we, you know, it, it, to be honest with you, we, we then do a really good job of of questioning it. You know what I mean? Like, like once we got something down, it's, it's, it's technically still even then not set in stone because, you know, how can they beat us or, or, or what does it look like if maybe this kid um, gets injured? Do we have a, you know, what's our personnel look like? How do we change the game plan as far as that's concerned? So, you know, I, I wish it was, it was easy and, and maybe just a, a short, 
you know, couple hour type deal, uh, but it's not. And again, and you know this, Fred, I tell you this every time we speak, I, 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 I ask a lot out of my assistants. I, I demand a lot out of them. Um, and they work really, really hard. Um, again, uh, they are, they are the biggest, uh, reason for our success. And it's, it's more so than just coaching our, up our players, you know, whether it's in practices and their techniques or, or the adjustments that they make in games, it's the stuff that people don't see. It's that Sunday meeting, um, you know, where we're there for, for a long time, putting together that game plan and, and reviewing film and, and, reports, et cetera. So I, I couldn't be prouder or, or thankful, I guess, is, is, a, is a better word um, to have the staff that I have. And then obviously the, the players as well. So how often uh, do your coordinators think one way and you kind of think another way and you, you kind of butt heads? Does that happen very often or are you guys usually in agreement? I, I, I wouldn't say butt heads, um, but, but, but there, there are times um, you know, where, where maybe again, we, we kind of question each other and, and that's what I love. Again, that's what I love most about these guys. And, and, and hopefully they'll be the first ones to tell you that I tell them all the time. I, I don't want yes, men. I don't want you to come into this meeting and agree with everything that I have to say, because that's, that's probably not the only way or the right way or, or the way that I want to do things, so to speak. Um, so I love it when guys come and, and, and they challenge um, you know, or question things, not in a bad way, but hey, what does this look like? Or, or couldn't we maybe try this? Um, and then again, we, we discuss it. I, I, there's some great minded people in that room. Um, and, and I think at the end of the day, when we all leave on a Sunday evening and, and kind of leave that meeting, I know for a fact that we're all on the same page and, and we've came to an agreement or a game plan, so to speak, that we all agree and, and believe in 100%. You talked earlier about, uh, you know, adversity you'll face this week going to Morton, but, but really you, you face what I think is one of the biggest uh, uh, hurdles all season that a team can face, losing some key kids. You had your top running back out for the season with an injury, uh, one of your top offensive linemen, one of your top defensive linemen. I mean, that's three top kids, and, and yet, you know, you continue to go. Talk, talk about the, the depth and talent on this team to be able to overcome not just one or two, but, but three substantial losses like that. Yeah, you know, it, all three of them are extremely tough kids to replace. Um, you know, one of them is a senior three-year starter for us. Um, and then certainly, you know, Luke started last year as a freshman and Ryan's done a great job, probably, you know, would have been in maybe contention for an all-conference spot as well. So when you have to replace, you know, three kids uh, of that sort of value, it's, it's never easy to do. Um, but again, you know, I, we, we kind of have that next man up mentality um, and, and our kids know and kind of relish in the fact of of the opportunity that they get. Um, you know, in this case, it's kind of been, you know, to take over for Luke, it was it was not only Nolan, um, you know, moving to that featured back spot, uh, you know, him being a senior and, and, and kind of getting the ball more so now than, than maybe he was before. And so he's relished in that moment. But then, you know, we had to have somebody fill in Nolan's spot. And, and, and we had a sophomore, Braden Pagel, who stepped up and had three clutch catches for us on, on Saturday against Triad. Um, so, again, you know, that, that next man up, hey, it's my opportunity. Um, you know, I've, I've been waiting for this moment, so to speak. Um, and so all those factors, and, and then you throw on, again, just how, how well our coaches have been coaching up that entire segment, uh, we truly feel like, like that those kids are, are, are going to be ready to go 
um, whenever their time is called. I want to get your thoughts on this. I had a coach tell me one time that he had taken the 9-0 team into the playoffs and he'd taken an 8-1 and into the playoffs. And he said he felt much better about the 8-1 team because they had experienced a loss. They knew what it felt like. And then they continued to work even harder after that to make sure it didn't happen again. Now, I know you talk about your kids working hard, but what, talk, talk about uh, are there advantages maybe to having had a loss in the regular season or not? I, you know, and, and, and I can absolutely see that perspective or, or that side of things. Um, but I'll tell you what, I, I've witnessed it firsthand this year. Um, it's almost like, like a refuse to lose attitude. Um, and, and these kids, especially now, you know, that we're in the playoffs and they know it could be over. They don't want it to be over. And, and again, that's, that's how they approach practice. That's how certainly how they've approached our, our first two rounds of, of the playoffs and how I expect them to approach the, this game this Saturday at Morton. Um, they just they, they're a great group of kids that, that works extremely hard and, and is, you know, and again, have that refuse to lose attitude. Um, I, I don't know, Fred, that, that, that again, I, that's a great question. That's a great um, analogy. And I and I completely understand that side of it. I've thought about that as well. Um, but going undefeated and continuing to be undefeated is, is pretty special. And so I truthfully don't think I, I would have wanted it any other way than, than how it's been this year. Talk about the role you think the six uh, game season in the spring played. The fact that, you know, first of all, so close to the start of the fall season, uh, were there some advantages to that? Or, or did you feel like maybe the kids were, were, you know, dragging a little bit just because of, you know, <laughs> they played six games just, you know, barely nine months ago? No, I, I think for us personally, as, as, as our program, I guess I can't really speak to, to any others, but, but for us to be able to get those younger kids some experience in, and I don't want to say it was a, a meaningless season because that's, that's, not, that's not the right way to say it, but, but you know, when there's no playoffs, and, and in this case there, there wasn't even really a conference championship, right? It was kind of like, you know, what, what are we playing for? And again, as a coaching staff, we motivated the kids to find something to play for each and every week and, and throughout those six games. Um, but again, for us, it was, it was great to get those younger kids that experience. Had we not had had um, a season at all, you know, not even as, as, as six games, I don't know that we would be having the success that, that we're having right now. I, I would like to think and, and hope so. Um, but I truly know that getting those kids six games of reps and, and, and playing experience and, and coaching, uh, right, um, I, I truthfully believe has, has spilled over into the re one of the reasons why we're having success this season. Um, you know, and, and again, our, our kids were hungry. As soon as that sixth game ended, they didn't want it to be over and, and they couldn't wait for the fall season. And, and obviously we're hoping for, for a normal season and, and we were fortunate enough to, to get that. Um, so again, I, I think for us as, as our program personally, um, it did wonders for us to have those six games last spring. Well, that leads into another question I was going to ask. You talk about the players getting the reps then. To me, one of the big things about being in the playoffs now and going at least into the third week all the underclassmen on the team are getting three more weeks of practice that they, they wouldn't have gotten three more weeks to get better and improve, which is going to obviously help you down the road, isn't it? Yeah, again, absolutely. And, and we did something this year um, that, that again, I, I don't, I can't really speak to any other program or any, or any other team, um, but we're allowing our freshmen to practice with us um, throughout this entire playoff run as well. 
Um, so so the, not only, like you said, not only are they being around and kind of seeing how the varsity does things, but they're also still getting opportunities to, to get better in this sport. So, and now certainly, you know, we, we've had some go and, and start wrestling and basketball and we encourage that. We, we absolutely supported that 100%. Um, but we also didn't want those other kids to just go home and, and sit around and do nothing. And so again, we gave them that opportunity to, to still be with us, to still get practice reps. And, and like I said, kind of see, kind of see how we do things at the varsity level. So I know that I know that that's going to pay dividends for us, um, you know, next year and certainly down the, down the road as well. So a year or so ago, you added Keith Pogue back to the coaching staff. I know sometimes coaches are a little reluctant to bring somebody back that's been a head coach thinking that, you know, maybe they'll feel like their voice is a little bit more important than others, or there could just be some problems. What was it about coach Pogue that made you think that, that he would be a good fit and, and you wanted to add him? You know, I've, I've known Keith, um, you know, honestly, since since I started coaching, you know, way back in, in my younger days as an assistant at Charleston or or even then when I when I first became a head coach in 2010 at Peoria Heights, I got to know Keith well. He, I, I listened to him speak at a, at a conference um, and again, just kind of stayed in touch with him through throughout my all of my years and, and would ask him questions here or there. And and anyway, when I got hired here, that was one of the number one things that, that I wanted to do. Certainly there were other things on the list as well, um, but, but, but I wanted to reach out to him to see if it was possible to get him back on staff. Um, and so I did, I reached out year number one and, and, and he respectfully declined. And afterwards, him and I speaking about it, I, I, I completely understood. He wanted to step away for a year, you know, wanted it to be my program and didn't want the kids to look at him as the head coach anymore. And again, I, I get it from his standpoint, uh, but you can better believe as soon as that first year was over, I, I came beating down his door again and, 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 and was asking him if he was interested in, you know, he's, he's a phenomenal coach. He, he's, he's, he's a smart guy. He's in the building, which certainly um, from my perspective helps because he can keep tabs on kids. Maybe, maybe when I can't, cause I'm stuck down here in the gym. Um, but again, I just, I have all the utmost respect for Keith and, and knew, um, knew that I wanted him back on, on my staff for, for a bunch of different reasons, right? Like, you know, even when I took that, that job at Peoria Heights, um, I asked John Smith, who was the, the shop teacher at town, who was the former head coach, um, not previously former, but, but he had been the head coach there at Peoria Heights. I asked him back on staff. I went down to Jerseyville and I asked two former head coaches, uh, Chris Skinner, who, was, who taught PE with me, and, and then Scott Tonzer, who was my athletic director, but also a former head coach as well. I asked those guys to be back on my staff. I, 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 I'm a firm believer um, and, 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 you know, the way that I do things and the way that I want to do things is one thing, um, but to surround yourself with, with like-minded guys or, or guys that have been there before uh, or been in those shoes before, so to speak, is only going to make me better. Um, and there's so many times this year, right? And this is what year 15 for me total and year 12 as a head coach now. But even then, after all of that, there's so many times that I still go to Keith, whether it's in practice or in our, our meetings on Sunday or even during a game where I go to him and say, coach, what do you think about this? Or, or let me ask you about this or what are your thoughts, et cetera. Um, so, again, I just I, I don't think you can ever not have uh, enough good people or enough smart people uh, around you to, to make the program as good as it can possibly be. 
Well, there's probably any number of players on this year's team that we could uh, talk about specifically, and we probably don't have time for that. But, but two that I do want to address uh, are Wyatt Baum, the quarterback, and Quentin Rogers, the kind of the versatile do-everything guy, obviously your top receiver. Um, and the thing I think that stands out in my mind, Wyatt is a state leader in, in passing yards and has been for a number of weeks. And obviously teams are scouting you. They, they know what he does, and yet he continues to put up the numbers. They know that Quentin's a top receiver over 1,000 yards now. Uh, and yet he continues to get the catches and yards. So talk a little bit about how those, those two kids specifically have been able to handle the, the challenge that comes with the, the notoriety of the success they've had. Uh, absolutely right. And, and again, I think that's, that's again, a, a credit to a couple different things. And, and number one would be a credit to Wyatt continuing to get better, right? Like you would think that eventually somebody's going to stop our passing game, but, but Wyatt just continues to improve day in and day out. He's getting better on his reads and obviously his throws. Um, so, so that certainly helps. Um, and then from, from Quentin Rogers standpoint, you know, we're, we're very blessed to have um, the other guys on our offense as well. Um, you know, Dream Eagles had an incredible season. Valiant, you know, when you try to, to take away Dream and Q, Val's going to hit you over the middle. And then certainly, like we spoke about earlier, Braden Pagels came a long way. And, and then we got Nolan, who used to play wideout, who can catch the ball out of the backfield as well. We just we're, we're very we're very hard to stop. And, and so I say all that to say, again, it's it's, you know, helping Quentin Rogers. Quentin should be double teamed. There's no doubt about it. Um, he absolutely should be double teamed every single game because he warrants that much attention, so to speak. But teams can't do it. They, they can't do it because if they try to do it, they know that then we're going to try to hurt you or we can hurt you, uh, you know, with Dream or Valor or, or Braden or even Nolan out of the backfield. So I think it's a credit to to all of them as a whole um, that Wyatt and, and Quentin are, are able to have the, the success and, and the stats that, that they've been able to put up. Um, you know, if Braden Pagel doesn't make those catches, you know, do teams respect him? Same thing with Valiant and, and, and how we even hand him some jet sweeps and then what Nolan can do and certainly what, what Dream can do. You know, had we not had any of those, I think it makes it really, really difficult for Quentin to put up the numbers he's had or, or certainly Wyatt. Let's talk a little bit about game 12 coming up at Morton. What, what do you see as some of the keys to, to the game? You know, for, for, for us, and, and we sound like a broken record, um, but we truly believe this, um, that the only team that can beat us is us. Um, so, again, as long as we, you know, take care of the ball off offensively, um, you know, don't have any penalties on either side of the, the, the ball and then read our keys and, and, and do fundamentally what we're taught to do. We really feel good about our game plan. Um, you know, just kind of going back to, to the Morton Morris game, um, you know, Morton won that game and it was a close game and they won it because they they forced three turnovers against Morris. Um, so, again, we, we kind of feel the same way. If we don't turn the ball over um, and then certainly limit our, limit our penalties, uh, we, we like our chances and, and we like our shot to go on the road in a tough environment. Um, you know, their kids are playing really good football. Um, they have the best running back in the state of Illinois, and, and I don't even know that it's close. Um, Seth does a great job. He's got a great offensive line. Um, they scheme things up really well for him. Um, and so, again, it, it's going to be tough. We talked about the adversity earlier that we're going to face. Um, but if, if, we can, if we can battle through that adversity and, and remain family strong and, 
and do the little things right. And like we said, limit our penalties and turnovers and do our assignments. We, we definitely like our chances on Saturday at Morton. I would think it, it had to get your kids' attention a little bit more, the fact that uh, Morton went on the road, beat an unbeaten team, uh, and now this week they're playing at home against an unbeaten team. So, I mean, even though you you guys are the three seed and they're the seventh seed, uh, you know, they, they've shown just a, a week ago what they can do with an unbeaten team, haven't they? Yep, and, and again, this goes, you you and I mentioned it, we were talking about earlier in the motivation of the kids, and you can better believe that I brought that up to them. Um, I also then even took it a step further and, and put up on our screen in our meeting yesterday um, that their running back has has a has 100 plus yards in every single game this season. I wanted our kids to know that. I wanted to challenge them um, because again, so far they've they've rose to every challenge and every occasion so far. So here was another opportunity that, that I could challenge and, and motivate them. And, and I told them, I said, let's be the first. Let's be the first team to keep this kid under 100. Um, you know, let, let, let's see what we got, right? Do your job, do your assignment, and, uh, and, and, and we'll hope for the best, so to speak, so. Well, let's, let's talk about you for a little bit right now, as if you're not busy enough preparing a, an unbeaten football team. Uh, you're also coaching a junior high seventh grade boys basketball team, and they're, I think, in their second week of games now. Of course, had practices for a couple weeks before that, and off to a great start, won three games to win the Bulldog Invitational. Uh, talk about how you manage everything uh, this time of the year uh, and, and get every, give everybody the, the time they really probably deserve. Well, I'll tell you the first reason how I do it is how is I have an incredible wife. There, there's no doubt about that. Um, it's one thing to to be a single mom when I'm when I'm coaching football, and in football in itself requires a lot of my time. And and now we're going to add junior high basketball to it. I mean, I, I left this morning before before any of them were up, um, and I won't get home until probably close to all of them being in bed. And and so again, you know, my wife Kelly is an absolute saint, and I can't thank her enough even for allowing me this opportunity to to do that. Um, that being said, you know, it's it's been. It's been crazy, but 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 it's been fun, right? I I, I enjoy doing both of them. Um, certainly, I'm I love football more, but but again, I I love the game of basketball. I love the opportunity to to coach kids, um, and in this case, you know, meet kids at a younger age that that certainly you know will help me in my teaching and coaching career when those kids get to the high school. Um, so that's certainly a factor as well. Um, but it, yeah, again, I, I the balance. Um, has, has worked out nicely. The, those seventh grade kids, we just had a game yesterday and now they showed up for morning practice this morning. Um, they, they, they enjoy it. They, they relish in, in that as well, knowing, knowing kind of what my schedule looks like. And of course they all talked about, you know, the game on Saturday and they were all there and they saw it. And so again, it's, it's, it's that, that, that luxury of, of the balance to, to be able to do both. Um, you know, I'm, I'm unfortunately going to be in a tough spot this Thursday. We have practice and, and, and a home game. Um, and so I'm, I'm unfortunately going to have to miss the, the home junior high basketball game. But again, uh, you know, thanks to, to our eighth grade coach, Matt Clark, who's, who's going to actually take that game for me and, and allow me the opportunity to, to still be able to go to, um, to, to football practice on Thursday. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a group effort. It's kind of a joint effort with everybody involved and, and we're all getting through it, uh, through it together. So. And I imagine too, it gives you a chance to look for some kids that maybe will be football players down the road too, right? 
right? I mean, that, that helps, right? You, you can see their, you can see their physicalness and, and aggressive style of nature that they have to them uh, as the seventh grader. So you try to recruit them for, for that freshman football team. That's, uh, that's, that's for sure. Well, I pretty well covered my questions, Coach. Unless there's anything else you'd like to add today. No, again, just just thanks for your time. Thanks, thanks for everything you do for not only uh, not only our football team, but but for high school sports in general. And and uh, you know, I know the community loves uh, your podcast and obviously your articles. And so I know I appreciate it. And I'm I'm sure they do as well. So thanks again, Fred. You bet. Uh, I enjoy doing it. So that makes a difference too. And yet, when you like doing something, it's not really work. And you, you probably understand that, don't you? Absolutely, one hundred percent. All right. Well, good luck this week. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Fred. John, John Atkins, the football head coach at Muhammad Seymour High School. His 11-0 team is playing in the quarterfinals at Morton on Saturday at 1 p.m. Thanks again, John. Thanks, Fred.